Do you ever want to be a guest on a super cool podcast hosted by a glamorous power couple from their cutting-edge home studio on the outskirts of a major metropolitan world hub? Hollywood, anyone? Us, too. Until then, let's pretend. One of these days, you might get a DM, a PM, an EM, or even a message in a bottle inviting you to join my husband and I for an hour or two in our chat lab, working on solutions for all the world's problems. And when you are invited, there's only one response. Yeah, uh-huh. Hi, listeners. You're uh, listening to Yeah, Uh-huh with Lisa. And Phil. And this week we have the stars of Rock and Roll Archaeology. Yes. I said that right, didn't I? <laughs> no, we're pop- Rock and Roll Heaven. Oh, rock and roll heaven. Rock and roll heaven, right. Oh, I apologize. And, and did, and did yeah. you make air quotes around stars? I, <laughs> it's very important. Whatever you it's need. About, I'm we need the bunny. It's about this moment they realize they booked the wrong act. So like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no, yeah, this, we definitely booked the right act. You're supposed to get that guy pop yeah. off. That's okay. what it was. Pop off. Yeah. Somebody doing Manfred Van's Earth Band. <laughs> <laughs> oh, darn, we've Oh, that was going to be our stick. Yeah, okay. but we were going we to we honor you with that. that was but that's great. Uh, we will take any. We will take anything. Federally yeah. mandated mention of Manford Man Earth Band. Exactly. So, so should we tell? This is this actually um, is what the surprise that I was discussing in the uh, pre-interview. Uh, I, I, LD, do you just want to go ahead and tell them now? Yes. You said we do it on air. No, yes. Be fun. Yeah. yeah. We we're on air. We can do it as on air as we get. We record it and I'm, then he. Yeah. Well, perfect. So this morning I woke up and uh, like you do, I didn't want to wake my husband up because he, he can sleep maybe like a half hour later than me. I just naturally wake up at like 7 a.m. So I went up, went to the bathroom, took my cell phone with me like you do. And I'm scrolling through Facebook and I get a notification and I'm like, what on earth is this? And I click on it and it is an invitation from Manfred Mann's Earth Band to join a private Facebook group. <laughs> Oh, oh cool. man. So, so for those for those who have never heard our program, we just kind of because we started doing it, not for any real reason. We the reason was we noticed that in doing shows about people other than Manfred Mann's Earth Band, Manfred Mann's Earth Band came up an inordinate number of times. And I jokingly once called it the federally mandated Manfred Mann's Earth Band reference of the podcast. And yeah. then without discussing it or planning it or anything, we all just started writing Manfred Mann into every single episode that we do. <laughs> and, and and we started to joke like, you know, they're going to catch on to us and, and say and have a, a lawyer explain to us there's a difference between a running gag and defamation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then out of nowhere today, we get LD gets like a, an invite to from them <laughs> to a Facebook group. <laughs> Well, so exactly. much to my surprise, when I am when I am shaken from my slumber to hear, "Honey, you gotta come here!" Uh, <laughs> so I go out and I take, I take I take one look at the cell phone, pass through the door, and my first response is, "They found us." <laughs> wow. Oh no! I don't do that. Well, up. I did not go bad. Like, you know. the, jig oh, was was the jig is up, guys. Sorry. Was was that better, or was the Beastie Boys following it a, a better revelation? Uh, it was just weird that the Beastie Boys would ever follow me on Twitter anyway. And they were literally like the third people to ever follow me. And to this day, they still and, follow me. And, and like you, you weren't like, you're not like a newcomer to Twitter. Like you, you got an account not long after Twitter started. 
Yeah, like 2009, I think, or and, something and like that. Your third follower, <laughs> the official verified blue check mark Beastie Boys. Yep. Yeah. So, like, Mike Diamond's sitting there in the pool room or something like that, just fidgeting on his phone, and he just, and hey. he sees updates from you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, followed, I'm followed by Whitney Houston, but she only has three three followers, so it's probably not actually Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> and then, plus, she's dead. Be Whitney. If it's Whitney, then. Well, it might be the Whitney Houston, just, just not the, the one you're thinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. And they said that they live, they. They claim to live in like Sugar Tit, South Carolina, or somewhere. So it's probably not like actually anybody affiliated with Whitney Houston. Probably not. Yeah. yeah. So that's so that's, guys, that's by the way, it's a real that's a real town. That, that's a real town not far from where I live. That, that, what, I didn't I didn't make that up at random. What did you call that? Uh, Sugar Tit. Sugar Tit. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's interesting. We have. A, yeah, we, look, look it up. Sugar Tit, South Carolina. There's a racetrack there. Oh, believe me, we believe you. Yeah. But uh, you said that you, uh, you mentioned you, you're kind of stars around our house because mm-hmm. I started, you know, listening to you guys. Like, I, I was into these Pantheon podcasts. I like music podcasts to begin with. Mm-hmm. So I'm, like, uh, looking through the Pantheon cl- uh, group of podcasts. It's about 30 podcasts or something. And they got, like, Pamela DeBar on there. And they got the, the Max Popov. And, and I've listened to some of that. I sampled it and kind of it was okay. But then when I found you guys um, – you know, the first thing I always do when I start looking through these podcasts, I try to find groups or individuals that interest me. And so the first mm-hmm. one I saw was John Bonham, because I'm a Led Zeppelin fan. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I read that one, and I was duly impressed. You know, there were some things I learned about John Bonham that and I never knew. And believe me, he researches stuff. Involving, like, someone's, like you do. someone's purse you know, <laughs> and, uh-huh. and something that he deposited in at one time. And then, you know, just some yeah. interesting, you know, facts. He went to the bathroom I, in somebody's purse? Frequently, that is the legend. Yes, yes. Well, well. At the le- the the first part is a legend that he did it in a lady's shoe is not a legend. <laughs> That's verified. Wow. Yeah. So I I yeah. Gonzo Bonzo. I mean I, I mean my mother in law caught me putting money in her purse one time, but you know. Yeah. Apparently, mm-hmm. when John got out on the tiles, was his term for going out and drinking like a lot. When yeah. he got out on the tiles, it was a really bad idea to leave bags or purses unattended because he would he would just drop trial and drop a hot one in them, then close it up and let you find it later. Yeah. Oh, he just thought he was cute. He didn't do it in front of you. So then I imagine like some poor lady, like she's like reaching in her bag for a chapstick or something. Oh. <laughs> and, oh. So he got kind oh. of high persona because they yeah. always say like he was, you know, when he was sober, that he was always a. You know, so he could be biologically related to the males in my family because the drunk males in my family <laughs> are different people than the sober ones. Yeah. That's, that's this... a fact in my family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then actually, uh, I am, uh, my grandmother was born at home in a holler in Morgan County, Kentucky. So, nice. way in Appalachia. Mm-hmm. Our, uh, mine and LD's grandmother was one of 13. Right. Okay. Yep, my grandmother uh, in a, on a on a cotton on a cotton farm in Fairfield County, South Carolina. So very very, very similar uh, backgrounds. Now they did actually um, have their own property at the time. Um, there was some uh, production of alcohol involved in that property. Uh, yep. Same, same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, my great grandmother ran a bed and breakfast. She had four living children that made it to adulthood out of 13, which not uncommon. 
especially when you're giving birth at that, home. That, sure. And we actually have, okay, so just a very quick backstory that has nothing to do with anything. Um, once upon a time, my, my our grandmother showed us a picture and she had always talked about her 11 brothers and sisters. But right. I'm looking at this picture and there's 12, of, there's 12 of them. And I said, <laughs> Grandma, I thought you always told me that there were 12 of y'all. And she kind of scowled and she pointed at this one brother and she said, we don't talk about him. And I said, why not? She said, because she said he he caroused. He drank the demon rum and he, he gambled and he, he chased women and he went off to Vegas and did all these terrible things there. And then he went to Los Angeles to be to be some actor. And I was like, he sounds like the coolest great uncle ever. And yeah, why, little, why haven't you ever told us about him? Yeah, little little did you know that I would actually turn out to be exactly like him. <laughs> like Yes, that well, my minus the chasing <laughs> women part. Yeah. But he but she was she um took a dim view of him because he drank the demon rum and also, oh. and I quote, took the dope. Oh yeah. <laughs> so what? So it's really funny because if you like watch old John Wayne movies, like our you yeah. can see our uncle, our, our great uncle sitting on like a fence post <laughs> at like the OK Corral or whatever. Like he was like the extra in Westerns. Yeah, yeah oh, that was him. So he was regularly <laughs> possibly. <laughs> he, pro he probably played a person people named Tex or Festus like five hundred times. But well, I mean the, the thing is, even though. Getting back to John Bonham, even though, uh -huh. you know, he, I was intensely interested in him. But then when I started listening to some of the other the heavy hitter series of podcasts, I started to realize I didn't have to be vested in the musician to begin with to enjoy the podcast because the amount of mm -hmm. research and interesting facts that you all put into these um, podcasts. It, um, like, for instance, um, just the most recent, Dusty Springfield. I mean, yeah. the amount of... Uh, and I, I can see a lot of how maybe someone like Demi Lovato could have gone the way Dusty Springfield did had she not gotten <laughs> mental health. <laughs> Times have totally changed now with our, our look on mental health and wellness. And now you have creators that are out there advocating for mental health and saying, like, it's okay to, to freak out. It's okay to have this doubt. It's okay to have shame. But let's talk about it and figure out the root of it and become a better person for it because you can't bottle everything up and that was the problem was it was such it had such a stigma attached to it that people were afraid to get any kind of help i mean dusty would see a string of you know quote unquote psychiatrists but she would only see them one at a time and when she was hospitalized right. and so i think you know now it's you know people like i was saying georgia hardstark and um you know of my favorite murder is posting pictures of her holding the, the, a handful of the pills that she has to take to stay stable. So she's like normalizing this kind of culture. And I think that's so important for us to have that conversation and to say, it's okay to not be okay. And somebody right. like Dusty, she had somebody that was, you know, not like, oh my God, you're Dusty Springfield. I'll give you whatever you want. It was Dusty, I understand who you are and where you're coming from. Let's actually talk about that trauma that you had to deal with as a child mm -hmm. and maybe just make dealing with the root of the issue maybe could have saved her in the end. I mean, she, she died of breast cancer, but you know, there was a lot of fear in going to doctors because yeah. of that. And I think that that contributed to her not getting those, those normal exams that you need to, to keep yourself healthy. Dusty also did self-harm as well. Sure. So, yes. Yeah. 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 She, you know, did directly affected her career as, as uh -huh. uh, progress but, yeah. but i thought it was beautiful that 
you know, towards the end of her life, she's in some of her last tracks, she seemed to recapture some of the magic in it. Yeah. And, and just for her to, to be honored by the OBE and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I think meant a lot to her, but she was very cynical about getting those honors because for so long she had been ignored. And the thing is, she is probably one of the, the most not only beautiful, but interesting, introspective, fantastic vocalists that I've ever covered and had the pleasure of, of, of sitting down and spending, you know, two months and six hours on. So, mm-hmm. you know, she's, I, I'm glad that she finally got the, the honor that she deserved. But honestly, like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has a, a serious issue with everything. Timely. Yeah, timely. Yeah. Being very tired, like I am almost positive. If I created a another Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to rival them, I, I would be honored because people would actually get into it. It wouldn't mm-hmm. be this banal baloney that they like. Th- the The fact that they shut out women constantly, the fact that they shut out country, uh, country almost entirely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then our R and B and even rap artists that have made contributions. Like, oh my God, they, they're, they're the worst. They- they seem to have a real problem with um, rock and roll. Yeah, <laughs> I want to be honest yeah. about it. Right, which, right. which reminds me, how much how much time do we have? Because yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. We, we are at your disposal. Well, I mean, that could be a whole. No, that's more of a joke. <laughs> that, I, I meant that uh, I meant, facetiously. I meant you if know. you ever want to have dinner tomorrow night, you probably should put a time limit on how long my brother can curse about the rock and roll. Yeah, the, thing. that that topic is quite uh, lengthy about what they've done wrong. I made a list. I made a list of people that I'm angry about. But well, I, made, then, I made a short list I, of my own. I think we could bring that down to the name Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, first of all. Second of all, sure, isn't sure. it very corporate? Uh, so yes. it is. is well, it Hall of Fame? I, I think I think we can all agree that it's it, it's much it's much more at this point a popular music hall of fame than a rock and roll hall of fame because there are a lot of artists that bear no resemblance at all to rock and roll that i'm just I'm, I'm i think the one thing that blew my mind was the fact that whitney houston got into the rock and roll hall of fame before Dionne warwick yeah yeah oh wow that's yeah. her aunt who, who who had a considerably longer career right. and pat benatar is still on the waiting list which is absolutely so, criminal so first of all, really there are people Share? there are people who are in Share. willie nelson is not in it Waylon Jennings is not in. Dolly Park is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Music Icon Hall of Fame. Where do we go? What do we do? How do we start it? Yeah, exactly. Sure, or Popular Music Hall of Fame or something beyond. Because there are lots of people who are in there who have, they don't play rock and roll. Now, they belong, they deserve recognition. Donna Summer would be somebody that comes to mind immediately. Madonna, people like that. But you started a precedent on on one hand that you wanted to honor some uh, some of the early influencers. In so like Hank, Hank Williams is in the Hall of Fame. And he should and he should 100% be there. Patsy Klein's not. Dolly Parton is not. The monkey. No, 30 I, years I've, of career. Like 30 years they've been eligible to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The monkeys. Why have we not, why have we not just appointed her benevolent dictator, Dolly? The monkeys was where my music started. I would kiss the TV when Davy Jones came on. <laughs> I had no idea he was 30 years older than me at the time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, the, well, started the show. 
Yeah, I mean um, the monkeys have the monkeys have been eligible for thirty years and they have not been inducted yet. The well, guys basically pioneered what we would consider the nexus of music videos. Yeah, yeah. well, not yeah. and that's not even the and but and let's move even beyond that. The fact that Boston's not there. That how about bad companies not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? The Carpenters, twenty-seven years they've been eligible, yeah. and the Carpenters are not. Yeah. What about like Judas? Tina, Tina Turner, Tina Turner just went in. Yeah, yeah that's ridiculous. This year, this year. Is that that's the thing. Is they've they've almost become like the DMV at this point because uh -huh. there's only five five people that can get in per year, okay. five per year. Which is baloney. Which is baloney. And yeah. again, categorically, it's inconsistent on top of the fact that they've yet to single out solo artists versus groups that they were attached to. So it's right. all become a mess with artists like Stevie Nicks, who finally got in. But Hagar is still waiting. Uh, Lionel know, Richie and yeah, the Commodores. Lionel Richie, Lionel uh, Richie Oz, and the Commodores. Ozzy Osbourne is not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. yeah. Now, Sabbath is. I would argue he did a lot more better music solo than he ever did with Sabbath. Mm. Yeah, it's it's just if for for like the Oscars, they they can do up to ten, which is just like an arbitrary number of right. you know possible the they best. Set they, limit they created for themselves. Well, they do like fifteen NFL yeah. football players every year. Mm. <laughs> it's like yeah. right. Well, or, but but like the Baseball Hall of Fame a couple of years ago had no inductees, and right. they can have. There's no limit on how many they can have. That that's to me a much more fair way to do it. But I'm thinking like but, Kate yeah, but you could go through the. It's not mm -hmm. just who's in there and who's not. That that's a problem to start with. There's a bias against country. There's a bias against heavy metal for there's sure. A bias, there's a bias against women. There's a bias against women. The fact that Dolly Parton and Patsy Cline aren't in is ridiculous. Cher, Emmy Lou but, Harris, Peter Paul and Mary, Pat Benatar, like the Carpenters, but, led by Karen Carpenter, Cher, Salt and Pepper. Let's just talk about but here the other, but here, but but it's not just a matter of who's in and who's not in. It's a matter of how long certain people had to wait to get in. The Steve Miller band just went in a few years ago. Cheap Trick just went in a couple of years ago. That Van Halen had to wait three years after they were eligible is the most laughably stupid thing I've ever heard of in my life. What about Kiss? Took them forever. Kiss had to wait forever to get in. Yeah. Sabbath had to wait forever to get in. Stevie Ray Vaughan had to wait. And mm. I'm like, what, like? If if your your criteria is obviously not was popular, great at what they did, played in front of millions of people, and sold a a, a, a shit ton of of albums, but, yeah. and if that's not your criteria, what is your criteria? I mean, a lot of these people that critics thought they were cool or something. That's that's kind of what it seems like some years for re seriously. Yeah. They want to be inclusive contest. and they want to inc include all these other genres, they don't country seem to want and jazz to, and stuff it doesn't like that. Seem that way to me. Why not have different wings or something? Yeah, there are there are only I think what? eleven people who are both in the country music and the rock and roll hall of fame, and mm -hmm. and there again, you you look at the Highwaymen. Only one member of that band is is in. That would be Johnny Cash, and he belongs there. Waylon's not. Willie's not. Chris Christopherson's not in. Wow, now that's crazy. And Patsy Cline's not in. Garth Brooks should be in there for crying I mean, out loud. He sold more albums than anybody. What about Loretta yeah. Lynn, she's not in, right? Loretta, Loretta's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and I think Phil, you brought up a good point because one of the sore spots that a lot of people bring up is John Coltrane—that mm -hmm. he's not in the number one dude on right. most lists of. Well, it's John Coltrane, and, and you got to think: can there be a separation where you have, you know, country, jazz, R and B? You know, to to get not only it's not just about giving out more awards because then it becomes, you know, 
the second grade track and field competition where everyone gets a trophy. But at the same time, you have to honor the artist for their contribution. And, and not to mention, th- th- think about this. Uh-huh. Buck Owens is not in the Hall of Fame. Buck Owens is not in the, country, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He was an, a huge influence on the Beatles, who were largely acknowledged as the most influential rock band in the history of the genre. So how can you not put in a guy who influenced them and, and who, oh, by the way, had 21 number one country hits? Right. Yeah. And, and, was, and was on Hee Haw for crying. And was on Hee Haw for crying out loud. I got, I got three words for you. Weird Al Yankovic. Yep, yep. 17 I years. Sure. That's, that's a, we, for our anniversary, we do that. Yeah, that's our anniversary tradition. We try to see Weird Al. Yeah. Yep. So I've seen him seven times out of our 10 years of being married. <laughs> I have oh, wow. never been able to go see him. You I need mean, to. You have to. You, you need to. to. Yeah. Yeah, I want to. Not to get off in the weeds, but is Weird Al like a, a great musician? Yes. Are you kidding? You yes. know nothing about I'm, the man I'm, who I'm shares not, my I'm birthday. I'm not kidding. I'm asking. Nothing. I've told <laughs> I mean, all he, the he legend. Also, Dwight Yoakam. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, oh. Okay, now, see, now you're hitting me in the fields. Dwight's one of my favorites ever. Yeah. I yeah. love Dwight Yoakam. I mean, he just seems so, like, down to earth and... You know, and all of us are weird and awkward and just like, you know, why do people want to see us in public? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, right. And and Dwight, on top of that, yeah, has, he's, he's is cited as an influence. Party. He's cited as an influence by tons of people in almost every genre of music that you can name. There's also yeah. nobody who does better remakes of songs than Dwight Yoakam. Yeah. Yeah, like, like it's his, his version of purple his version of Purple Rain is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Um, and on, on top of the fact that he's just very cool, and he he's always been different. And yeah. and I, yeah. I I would I would have thought that somebody like that who really stands out from the pack would be somebody who would who would be honored. And and he hasn't been. Um, mm. I, I would actually tell you I worked in radio for a long time before I started my uh, current job of, of being a journalist. And I would we would get these magazines, these like trade publications and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, this, and and in retrospect, this was a maddening exercise and, 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 and incredibly stupid. But you would have all these these songs and they'd be listed and they would have all these charts and what was the most added song that week and all that kind of stuff. But the last thing they would put was a grade, like one to a hundred of, of how the song had tested in front of like a group of soccer moms, I'm presuming. Because people, anything that sounded that veered from being right down the middle, being very black to me, just to be honest with you, to just be like bland um, background music would, would have a lower quote grade or, or audience score than, than stuff that was just very meh. So people like Dwight who stood out a little bit always had the, the songs that were the, that were the lowest scored by the that by test audiences and that's what determined airplay a lot and and in retrospect that infuriates me yeah so you're going to hold it against him that he's different and better than everybody else yeah exactly pretty good actor yeah but but by by all means let's let's make sure we play that that latest confederate railroad record five bajillion times (laughs) wow that was my first concert ever i thought i thought little texas was your first concert what was who did trash you women? That was Confederate Railroad. That was my first one. Oh wow, Danny Shirley, the boys. So you mentioned Buck Owens. He's like he was kind of responsible for that Bakersfield sound, right? Yes. I mean that, that's something that might uh, 
hit home with a Californian. You know, I don't know how long you guys have been out there, but um, I heard well, well, that's, the the two of them have been out there for quite a while. I'm I'm when if for those who have, who've ever heard our show where, where we talk about me being the giggling hillbilly, like we're not joking. I mean, I still live in South Carolina, <laughs> so, yeah. but I love uh, but I love Buck Owens, and it's a very little known fact that first of all that he was on the same record label as the Beatles, and that four copies of every new Buck Owens album were delivered to the Beatles before they were actually put on store shelves. That's how big a fan they were and how influenced they were. They obviously covered one of his songs, um, Act Naturally, but they were hugely influenced by American country, particularly Buck Owens. So the fact that he's not in the Hall of Fame is laughably dumb. That is crazy. Uh, It was a revelation in one podcast I heard. I can't remember what it was. The guy only did one season, but he did one episode on Buck Owens, it just blew my mind. And some of the, the rapport he had with his band, you know, some of the live uh, concerts and stuff was really awesome. He had like a long-standing and partner that he did, worked. Did, did, did he did he mention the fact that did he mention the fact that Buck essentially had like hundred dollar bills falling out of his butt? <laughs> he's one of he's one he he's in the Sammy Hagar. You have no idea how rich that dude is category because uh-huh. Buck bought uh, like a hundred or so radio stations when they were very cheap. And then when all the deregulation stuff happened in the mid-90s, I think Clear Channel bought all of them from him for like a couple of hundred million dollars. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, yeah, but that, yeah, yeah. Buck had like FU money big time. Plus, yeah. I mean, on top of whatever he made from music and from being on Hee Haw and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, when I was growing up, my parents watched Hee Haw and I just looked at him. Well, that's a guy that's uh, with the picking and the grinning. And I thought it's the same way with uh, – <laughs> Roy Clark, I was like, well, this, these guys are just like, you know, the guys that sit on the front porch somewhere. And, mm-hmm. But uh, Roy Clark was a fantastic guitarist. Is he in the hall? No, yeah, no kidding. No kidding, he was. Yeah. We actually did an episode on Roy Clark, mm-hmm. so. Hey, no, hey, um, funny thing. L, L, LD and I watched Hee Haw and thought that we were related to the Coal Haynes of Cornfield County. <laughs> hey, who knows? Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> That show had its moments, yeah. you know. I thought it was kind of corny. Hey, Grandpa, like, what's for dinner? <laughs> yeah. Mini Pearl. Yeah. Yep, but, the uh, hat with the price tag. But I, mean, <laughs> well, I have a friend. I have a friend that to this day. I have a friend that to this day. If I call him up and just say "Where oh where," he will start singing the song. Uh huh. Are you tonight? Where oh where are you tonight? Why'd you leave me you here? Leave all me alone? here all alone. I searched the world over. Thought I found true love. You met another, and <laughs> you was gone. gone. <laughs> Somewhere, my mom's smiling. She loved that show. Yeah, <laughs> but, that was uh, oddly one of the only, uh, about the only musical experience LD or I would have had outside of old soul and R and B when we were growing up was probably <laughs> Hee Haw, the Mandrell, the Mandrell Sisters on their show, and Dolly Parton's TV show. That was about it. Beep. Being as metropolitan as Cincinnati is, wink, wink, uh, we did actually have access to um, the, uh, like, Soul Train. Yeah? Yeah, we could oh, wow. if our parents let us. Oh, it came on TV, you mean? Yeah, yeah. it was on TV. <laughs> well, there was, like, so, the yeah. Statler yeah. Brothers had but a show, and that. Johnny Cash had a show, but that's all, yeah. like, older than older than me yeah i remember how excited yeah. my parents were to let us watch johnny and marie <laughs> yeah. but so you guys take some of these artists that uh we that we know trans transgently i guess from tv like buck owens mm-hmm. and um uh dusty 
and you uh, you bring to life in these um, four part heavy hitter series podcast that I find so immersive. Like I was out on my porch doing my deck when I was listening to the Van Halen. I listened to it straight shot all the way through because I was working for like nine hours and uh, totally had me um, immersed. And so I knew a little bit about Van Halen, but some of these other artists I don't know about. So I thought maybe you might want to talk about the process you guys go through and the draft and and who we might be able to look forward to. Yeah, how do you find some of these the obscure year. facts? Yeah, yeah, and your mm. research. You know, how you do your research. Is it so, information? So for me, well, in some cases, yes, it is. We we I've been in the the I've been in the music industry for a while now. I'm actually on my fifth season right now casting for American Idol. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I've got that. I'm, uh, you know, pretty, pretty darn good friends with a, a one music country, country music superstar uh, who will be kind of chipping in for our Charlie Pride episode when we do that in the future. But, you know, I've got people like London Miller on my phone that I can just call and be like, hey, could you just tell me this part about this Motown artist? <laughs> and so that's, you know, we've got some of those, that's just a little bit of the things that are coming up, but like, I can only speak to my process, which is I completely immerse myself in these people. Like I'll buy all the books, I'll watch the documentaries, I'll, I'll listen to the music. And I do my episodes in a more linear fashion because right. it's so much easier as like a type A person to go, okay, this happened this year, this happened this year, this happened this year, and then yeah. they died. And for me, it's easier that way. Now, I can only speak to my process because I know that, you know, with my books and stuff, I, I, I do uh, talk to text because I can't, I've discovered that I can't type things out and it's got to come out of my mouth before, but it also helps me with the pronunciation, which of course, <laughs> so that's, that's my process is like, I can talk to certain people about things, watching these documentaries, reading these books. That's how my process is. Uh, Will, why don't you tell them about your process? Because your your process is slightly different than mine, and I know T's is way different. Yeah, I mean, when I look at an artist, I, I review their entire catalog, which has been more or less harrowing, depending on the artist and the depth of that collection. Uh, from there, for me, interviews are key. I love interviews. Give me interviews at any point in their life. Give me interviews with people who know them. I love books. For example, one of our upcoming series is, speaking of rock and roll Hall of Fame snubs, uh, is going to be the great Jim Croce. And uh, yeah, re reading a book that was co-authored by... Albums. Say one more time. I spent a year just obsessively listening. That's all I listened to for like a year. Oh, yeah. They're all good. They're oh, all yeah. good. And oh, yeah. One of the pieces of my research was a book co-authored by his widow, Ingrid. Just that perspective. Again, all the, the interviews and the quotes. That's where I live in doing my research. I love getting that information. And we should say the heavy hitter series is kind of a new thing for us. Before it was like each of us would do a random. Yeah. Like, and, and then there was a, a point where I went, cause we, had, I know, I don't know if you guys are working your way backwards or started at the beginning, but we had another girl that was the host with me prior yeah, to the, first year, right? the, the guys coming on. So before, be when we started, it was me and another girl named TJ. Cause I just, I can't not have a podcast with someone named TJ. <laughs> There must be a TJ. So she was TJ, um, and she was the only person in her department at work. And when COVID hit, because she was in the she was the forefront of the streaming, she she had to get all the shows onto streaming services. She became way too involved in that and had to step away. And so 
And so a lot of people said no, and she ended up inviting me <laughs> as, as a desperate last resort. Oh, so, hell, so I'm going to have to ask my brother. Oh, crap. So, so actually, we beforehand, I had, you know, I started the podcast. I would do the research. I would do the editing. I was paying for our platform and everything. And so finally, one day, Pantheon reached out to me and was like, hey, we're really interested in repping your your podcast. And I was like, great. Hey. So they took the, the, the money off the hands. Uh, you know, the, 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 they, they would host it. They had the platform to host on. So that took, that cut my cost, which was awesome. And then they also, you know, were, were fantastic in, you know, getting the word out. They gave us a new logo the, before our logo was terrible because I designed it and I am not good at graphics at all. But, but prior to that, like we actually had to worry about a time frame because I know some podcasters out there are like, oh, I get that where it's like, if you go over six hours they charge an arm and a leg for like an extra minute so mm -hmm. we really in the beginning had to watch our our length and mm -hmm. so some of them would be like 45 minutes long and and have no music in them almost and had, and had no music in them and and so uh you know then we got the when we became a part of the pantheon family they we could do any length of time that we wanted to and, and actually play songs without fear of um, copyright reprisal. Yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, well, 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 there is, there's that one company that is, is one company. isn't fond of us. But uh, the, so the funny thing is um, about uh, December, December of 2019, LD was and Will were coming home to South Carolina for Christmas. And I said, hey, uh, you'll be fun while you're here. Is, uh, we'll, let's do one of your podcasts. And she was like, oh, yeah, that'd be fun. So she told she instructed me specifically to pick somebody that probably she or her then co-host would never pick. <laughs> so I I picked Pat Denizio from the Smithereens because I'm, I'm a big fan of the Smithereens, uh -huh. and um she so she she comes home and she and like literally tells me like one morning like uh, uh so you're gonna be ready to to record that podcast episode like this evening I was like uh sure <laughs> having done no research of any kind so I printed some stuff off. I basically printed some stuff off the internet and winged it. Yeah. Completely winged it and uh, drank heavily throughout the entire episode and was <laughs> hammered by the, by the yeah. time we were finished. Made tons of inappropriate jokes, including one about Belinda Carlisle that I think she took out. And um, <laughs> if you could hear some of this, if you could, if you could hear what hits the cutting room floor, <laughs> I'm just telling you, this is gold. Man. So, yeah. so anyway, I am. Um, Rock and roll so heaven after dark. <laughs> All right, after yeah. rock and roll heaven after dark. So no, I'm not doing anything after dark with my brother. That's crazy. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, so I did this. I did this one episode. <laughs> I, I did this one episode. I drank heavily. I said lots of inappropriate things. She had to cut out. There were probably lots of vocal pauses and things. And I was like, well, that'll be a one-off. <laughs> we're, we're pretty much done with that. So, so imagine my surprise a few months later, and she was like, hey, uh. The network thinks it would be really cool if if you joined along with me. And I was like, why? <laughs> was was it was it the awkward vocal pauses? Was I was gonna say, was it was it was it the was it the you know terrible language, the inappropriate jokes, the awkward vocal pauses? What sold what sold them on me? All of <laughs> so, it. I guess all of those things is the answer. Um, yeah. so Will Will the Thrill and I then then joined along and we I actually didn't take the name TJ just to have another TJ. Those are actually my initials. Yeah. <laughs> it just it just so happened she worked with, you know, my predecessor was also TJ. Mm -hmm. um, I do things a, a tad different than LD. She reads a lot of books to prepare yeah. for 
she she finds lots of biographies, autobiographies, and she digests those whole things. God, I don't know how she does it. I I, I and I'm a newspaper editor by trade, and and a new and I write a lot for our, uh, my newspaper. So I I cannot envision a scenario where in my free time I read books because I all I do from uh, all day every day is read and write. That's all I do. I that. So I am I, I I but very similar to her, I do immerse myself in the music of the person that I'm tackling. When I did the episode on Eddie Van Halen, and I'm, I'm thrilled that you love it, Phil. I, yeah. um, I, all I listened to for a month, a solid month, was literally everything that Van Halen ever did. And I mean, that's... Even they, Van Halen 3. Even Van... It got, even the, even the, the, the arduous chore of listening to Van Halen 3, I listened to the whole <laughs> Dave era, the whole Sammy era, that unfortunate part with Gary Sharon. I listened to, to music that Eddie Van Halen recorded for some porn movie, <laughs> which is ridiculous, which is ridiculous. Um, yeah. Like music he recorded for some movie that Valerie Bertinelli was in, like a soundtrack. It literally everything, everything they ever did, I listened to to prepare for it. And I read, I read lots of, I read, I read more like newspaper articles and listen to more interviews. Is this more my tack for preparing? Mm. And if you actually listen to the episodes I do. They're written like newspaper articles, complete with a lead. Mm-hmm. Like that that's that's kind of how I attack it. Well, LD has a history. Right. That's because that's what I know. LD has a history of and she didn't even mention this, but but she should have, of of, of being a documentarian. And hers are very okay. much like she's doing a, a, an actual documentary film. And right. then Will is also he's a writer and 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 whatnot, and he has his own style. So we all kind of bring a different flavor to the proceedings, it feels like. Yeah, you all, you guys are just better speakers than me because, like, if I'm reading something, it's so weird because I was I've been an actor since I was four years old. So you think I'd do better with like scripts? But no, it's uh, it's actually worse. Yeah, she sucks. Yeah, no, awful. I'm terrible. The only reason why this podcast exists is because I made it, and then they made it better. <laughs> well, it's interesting that uh, we talked about this the other day. I think the real genesis of this came TJ in the wee hours of the morning in your kitchen. Yeah, on our trips home, we would sit in the kitchen the three of us and just debate music for hours yeah, and drink and, and drink um i don't drink i would drink mellow yellow <laughs> so i think what came out of that were a lot of these sort of hypothetical playlists and artists that should be matched together and sort of super groups that we form on and, our own so i think that and, was really the nugget there. yeah and, and legitimately i think at one point one of us said something to the effect of well you know i would just argue that anybody who thinks candio is a better album than uh, Heartbeat City is a mouth-breathing Cretan who poops in the sink. <laughs> That's a great in, in us discussing Rick Ocasek and the cars, somebody at one one or the other probably makes sense. We have to cover Rick back. Ocasek. We yeah, have to cover yeah. him. Oh, yeah. 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 So, but it, it comes across as very effortless. I mean, and I know it wasn't because of the volume of information, but it's sort of, you know, you're, you're taking yeah. something that you did for enjoyment and it would come organically when you all got together at a family occasion and talk about, and you're taking it on the air and it really comes across that way. And I have to say. Yeah, the love of what you do definitely yeah. shines through. So I listened to some of the earlier episodes and, and now I understand a little bit why um, the first TJ may have been concerned about time constraints and stuff because of their situation with your podcast and stuff but i do think that the more recent episodes because of this chemistry you all have is it, you know just yeah. from my listener point of view is uh, not to better. put her down no not at all not at all no, 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 no. And we we appreciate that if you could hear some most of 
what you hear is about the way we record it. Most of them don't require a lot of editing. The one exception. <laughs> <to> <laughs> well, 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 not 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 a mammoth amount, but the the one exception would be Joe Dixie. Oh my God! I, I believe the quote after finishing. I believe the quote was, "This episode is never going to air." <laughs> <laughs> how, how much? How much? How much raw? How much raw recording did you end up with? I mean, like seriously, like five hours. It was. It was something like four hours and fifteen minutes. And the thing is, we've discovered there's a, there's a real sweet spot when we record of of time. And like, if if you get it any later. We are super punchy, and we start. If you can't tell, we talk over each other all the time, and that's just family, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And 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 so we'll, when when we did Joe Diffie, I think I was working two separate jobs. It was it was twenty twenty. It was the pandemic. It, everybody was freaking out. I think both Will and TJ had uh, had copious amounts of liquor because they weren't working, and like it was just. So bad. Joe Diffie was maybe the 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 one, and then I then I edited it, and it took me about seven to eight hours to edit it. Just to edit it, it was that was that was without question like hot garbage in a taco shell. We talked for five hours, and we had at the end of it, I'm like, I don't I don't even know that we got anything. Like that was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> was I, would argue, I would argue that LD should have been admitted to the editors' union based on that alone. Based on that alone, she made that that's, and that's really the only time it's ever happened to us. Where, and you know, anytime you you have a creative pursuit, sometimes it's just not clicking. You know, sometimes you go see a band, and maybe it's that there's a full moon. Maybe it's what they ate for breakfast, but they suck. They're yeah. they're great, but it's just it's just not working for some reason. It does it, happen. Chemistry come and go a little. And and it, but that was just that was it was awful. And she cut it down the full like legitimately four and a half or five hours that we carried on to to like ninety minutes. And you'd never tell from listening to the episode that we had any problem. That she, I was gonna say she she deserved like an Oscar, a Tony, and the freaking Heisman Trophy for turning that pile of slop into something anybody would want to listen to. Yeah. Do you use Audacity or what do you use for uh, editing, LT? I, I do uh, the Adobe Suite. So okay. I, do, I do audition. I use audition. And, and for those who, who don't know, um, this is a bi-coastal production. They, they're in California and I'm in South Carolina. So, right. You know yeah. what? I don't think we actually introduced you all individually. So like, yeah, we just kind of started yeah. talking and took over. We apologize. Yeah. If you want to know who these people are, listen to Rock and Roll Heaven or else. Yeah. Collectively, the Rock and Roll Heaven, that's all you yes. need to know. But, yeah. uh, you know, uh, you got Ellie with um, was, Will yeah. Desprill, TJ2 checking in from down south. From Carol. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, I knew I was going to like you guys' podcast, the first one that I ever listened to. I want to tell you that. So, little inside baseball, we, you know, you, you guys had contacted us and told us, like, hey, we were staining our deck this weekend, and we listened to the entire, like, Eddie, Van Halen, and Whitney Houston series. Yeah. <laughs> and, hey, why don't you come on and talk with us? So, I was like, well, let me check these guys out and see what's up. So, I, I pulled up one of your podcasts, and I listened to it. And I, and I don't remember the guy's name. It was a former, like, radio guy, I think. And you talked a lot about – okay, right, him. And he talked about having been sued by somebody for um, blowing smoke in their face, like cigar smoke in their face. And, uh -huh. and I laughed like a I laughed like a moron when he talked about that because I once received a legal cease and desist letter from a clown, <laughs> like an actual like 
Big red nose, Dr. Q's wearing clown. (laughs) I want every clown to have a cease and desist order for me. Right. But I I, I got it. Like, I, and it came like certified mail. I had to sign for it. I I started reading, I just started laughing. Okay, we need, we need a little background. Yeah. This is I'm like this is a serious legal thing and I like I can't stop laughing at it. <laughs> I'm there. So did it get so, to court? So, so basically like okay, so I work for a newspaper. I'm the editor and, and a writer for a newspaper and um there was some little festival coming up in, in, in a little town in the county our paper's in and we just had a little short preview story of it. And as okay. you do in those instances, you pull an old picture and run it with it. Or or a picture that you took at the event the previous year that didn't run in your paper. And so we picked one and it, it was colorful and happy. And there's these, these smiling children around this clown, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we ran that. And then I get the legal cease and desist letter from like floppy, the clown or whoever it was <laughs> <laughs> saying who, who had apparently had a, who was apparently owed money by the festival people, like they had not paid her the previous year. And uh-huh. but there's a link and, and it, it was legit like on like stationary from like a law, like a legal firm. <laughs> And it's like, I, Flop, I, Floppy the Clown, am instructing you to herefore cease and desist from use of my images or likeness. <laughs> did a car pull up and did a car pull up and lawyers just kept coming out of it? Like 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 20 lawyers came out of a tiny little car. Yeah. Right. Like a VW bug or something. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, she, yeah, and she, she, she ran inside and like sprayed a bottle of seltzer down my pants or something. Um, <laughs> and I'd argue mo- most lawyers are more clown-like than Floppy there, but go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, and and I mean it's publicity, regardless. It's publicity. You wow, that I don't blame you. But for I just I found it. I just found it incredibly funny. And and see, so it that came. Um, I, I had two really weird things happen to me professionally within a few weeks of each other. I got a legal cease and desist letter from a clown, and then I was personally denounced in a press release by a billionaire. So I, I just felt like you know I've kind of like run the gamut in a few weeks. Maybe I should just retire. <laughs> I'm probably not going to top either of these things. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. Well, so you know that those 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 uh the, occasionally you guys uh, having your podcast. You know, occasionally if you're posting on Instagram, you'll get somebody who's like, "I think your stuff is great. You should be a brand ambassador." I just got a message on Instagram for our Rock and Roll Heaven page, and it says, "We've looked over your profile, and you seem to be a great fit for smooth my balls." <laughs> <laughs> They are interested in working with you. Please drop them a message here and smooth my balls. Well, the ag- the algorithm must be picking up yeah. on um, um, TJ. Well, our, our, our previous sponsor, if you'll remember, Adam and Eve. Yes, we were Adam yes. and Eve, and I, I, I actually like called the I, I put the kibosh on that because I was like. I am not doing a native read of adult <laughs> toys with my brother and, and your husband. Yeah. <laughs> but because and the well, well the main reason she brother no, no, that, yeah, that, no. That, I mean, right? We're not. I'm, like, no. We're not from that. We're not from that far south. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. And the other the other thing is is that and she can say that oh it was creepy and weird all she wants to that I would make re- the the most ridiculous references and, and and noises and stuff while she was trying to do those reads. So I had to finally like say screw it and then I went to the studio and like just recorded one and then played it in the episode. Just yeah. to like 
get our, you know, we get our little uh, code out there without me having to like turn colors of purple a human should not be if they were still existing. Yeah, I don't think they saw an uptick in revenue. Yeah, for I, don't, those, uh, I don't think they got products. I think yeah. we sold like three toys and it was probably <laughs> <laughs> like any, any of those that you get that you don't want to do. I think uh, Lisa would be happy to go ahead and cut those for our show if you want to tell them. <laughs> I'll forward the, uh, the, the uh, ad for smooth my balls. <laughs> well, and, and feel free to edit this part out if you like. Feel free to edit this part out if you'd like to. But she would start, she would try to keep a straight face doing these reads for Adam and Eve. And I would say, and, and I would say things like, hi, I'm LD. You might remember me from giant butt plug. <laughs> <laughs> And then she would bust up and be like, she'd bust up and be like, I have to read this. Shut up. Hence wow. doing it off the air. Well, yeah. Well, there you go. So I was going to tell her she just like, like recorded one and just played it so that she didn't have to. Because she, the, the real problem was that she couldn't get through a read because of me. Oh, I'm sure. I have a brother. I had two. <laughs> so I'll do you more. She was, only, she was only blessed with one. So You worked on the Dave Chappelle show, right? Okay. Yes, I did. Uh, I did. So I, I forget which episode I heard you talking about that, but you—I think it was the Rick James episode. It was a uh, yeah, it was the Rick James episode that we're talking about because I basically lost to the uh, bracket to uh, the black white supremacists. But my skit was the uh, skit season two. I think it was episode two, same episode with a uh, black Gallagher and black uh, Arnold's. I think. Yeah, Whack Arnold's. Yes, Whack Arnold's. Um, and my skit is the skit that I refuse to say the name to, but it is the skit where it was black and white, and it was a family with the last name, and then it had a catchy little theme song. Oh, okay. You can find it on YouTube. Yeah, I, we know yeah. Exactly yeah. So, what you're talking about. That was very funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, she, uh, LD remi remains in, infuriated to this day that uh, it was a couple of years ago that the old website Grantland did a 64 team like NCAA tournament bracket to 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 determine the greatest Dave Chappelle show bit ever. And she made it the one that LD was in made it to the final four and lost to uh the Rick James True Hollywood story. Okay. And that's what we we were looking through that trying to find you on the Hollywood story because he thought it was like, you know, that. But, but yeah. That that's yeah, actually what Charlie she lost. Murphy. I don't blame you though. <laughs> Charlie Murphy where yeah, yeah. Opinion. I'm sorry. I was just. I'm just very proud that that I made it that far because yeah, that's about as high as up as I'll ever be in any four. bracket. Yeah. The final four. That's some street cred. Yeah. The weird. The weird part about that was that with people, it was so popular, and I was living in New York. It was so popular that I actually. The, the weird thing is, is like when I go out, I dress mm -hmm. vintage. Like I do the the vintage dresses and the pedal pushers and things like that. Um, but like, I'll be, you know, in t-shirts and jeans, but like I would wear, you know, period stuff because I find it incredibly comfortable. And, um, and so I would walk down the street and people would go, I know you. And then they go, oh my God, you're the N word girl that was dating that boy. And I'm like, please stop yelling that at me in my face. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is awkward and needs, this is awkward and needs context. Not, yes. Yeah. Not exactly what you want to be, uh, you know. Your signature, yeah. Uh, especially in yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
but you know, a high profile performance nonetheless. And I thought having a woman lick a napkin and rub it on my face to prove I had too much blush on was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, that's also embarrassing as well. It's like, is that a thing you? Is that a thing you can do? Like lick people's faces and tell them they have on too much makeup? <laughs> if you're well, not aware of that. Well, yeah, this was an elderly woman. I was at uh, my work at a hospital, and uh, I the thing is, I wasn't wearing any blush. I didn't have any makeup on at all. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I mean, I'm pale. <laughs> yeah. So my cheeks have a tendency to look red sometimes. And yeah, I had no makeup on and she still rubbed a napkin of her spit on my face. Just randomly. In, <laughs> in, in, yeah. in, my life. Which I, in the hospital? I, I, oh, I was, was going to say, get, yeah. given what's happened the last year and a half or so, that's probably like assault. <laughs> no, that was more like 10 or 15 years ago. But it's oh, okay. That was before we had pandemic issues. Yeah, it's, it stands out. Right. <laughs> I've basically been licked by strangers in public for no. Well, <laughs> that's a that's quite a distinction. <laughs> Not is, everybody can say that. Is, so, yeah. and, and, and you might think I would have been a little more upset, but honestly, my mother used to lick us to wake us up in the morning. So. Oh, I saw her do that. Yeah. She did that. Okay. She, to me, at our wedding. Wedding. She wow. in the pictures so we've got like the picture with his family and there's him me and his parents and they're all like beautiful lovely and 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 decorous and standing there with smiles on their faces and then we get to the picture of my family and you've got my dad staring to the left to the right as my mother literally licks my husband on the face right she did it right uh, as the flash went yeah. off you know and this oh is wow the they kept. Yeah, he <laughs> was great. So yeah, have- LD has LD has lots of uh, brushes with greatness just because of her line of work. But mm-hmm. now Will has Will has two of the best stories ever. One involves yeah. the band Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, let's hear it. So Will's- yeah, you got it. So we used to frequent a karaoke bar, which is sadly closed at this point. And one of their featured nights was Porn Star Karaoke. Which is, by the way, where me and him met. Where we met, yes. Um, In addition to the... Neither of us are porn stars. Yes. Just so we're clear, you went and there were porn stars there that would do karaoke. It was very odd. But we met the way that God intended, drunk in a bar. Right. So so basically, like, Ron Jeremy was up there singing Mr. Big. Essentially, yes. Hell, well done there. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's going to prison for being a weirdo. Yeah. So it would it would attract. Uh, in addition, in addition to a uh, generous number of those in the adult film industry, it would attract other celebrities as well, namely aging rock stars. And I remember us sitting there, and suddenly someone gets up to sing "Eye of the Tiger," and they're joined by several other people, and we realize, wait a minute. They're not just singing Survivor. That is Survivor. <laughs> and yeah, so all the members of Survivor are on stage. They're singing the song. It's great. A few minutes later, I excuse myself to the restroom and I see one of the members there washing his hands and they're kind of talking. And as I make my way over to the urinal, I quickly realize that I am the only non-member of Survivor <laughs> in the men's restroom. Well, that is cool. <laughs> so yeah, it's just, just me and Survivor. Yep. And and I then, think it was the right time or place. Uh, when you're in the bathroom, you got to be yeah, careful right. about when you ask for an autograph. So, 
Yes. But did, was he wearing yeah, a Yeah, there's a fine line. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a little joke. Yeah, but... There have been celebrities who said that people would pass things under the stall. Oh, yeah. You know? I so. so I'm I just... sure that happened, yeah. Yeah. Probably yeah. in that bar, too. And then, actually, what that's a, that, as great as that one is, my favorite one ever is when uh, LD and Will very happened in a very happenstance manner encountered James Taylor. And there is photographic evidence of that. So you, you have to understand that he's he's one of my all-time favorite artists ever, ever. Listen to him my whole life. That is not a superlative. So for my birthday at the Hollywood Bowl, LD got us tickets to James Taylor. And there was some kind of issue at the check-in gate. Well, we, yeah. okay, so we're at the gate. Yeah. And then I, I look at him and I say, I know it's going to be a long wait for your birthday, but we will get in. And then this like big burly yeah. security guard walks over to me and he puts his hand on my shoulder and he says, excuse me, ma'am. And I'm like, uh, yeah. And he's like, there is another entrance around the corner. And so we, we leave. Right. So I don't know if you know that the Hollywood bowl, um, but there's a very long hill that kind of goes up alongside the amphitheater. Right. And so at the back, yeah. there, there's like another entrance to the other side, like another security gate at the back, and everybody was like piling up at this one. So the security guard was like, you know, go around to the back. There's another way. So I I grab Will and I'm like, thank you, sir. And he looked at Will and he goes, happy birthday. And so we walk past the the thing, and there are all the the buses, like all the blue hair buses, you mm -hmm. know, are lined up, like all these tour the tour the people that are like riding in the Star Tour buses. Yeah. So that like it's 60, 70 people to the concert at one time. So there's a ton of buses and we're walking down past the the buses. And then I'll let Will pick this back yeah. up. So, so we're walking up past these buses and there's just kind of hubbub of people going back and forth to the stage when we see a gentleman kind of crossing our path going. And I go, you know, that guy looks a lot like James Taylor. And, uh, at which point L Deep says, honey, that, that is James Taylor. Taylor. <laughs> oh, wow. at, at, at which moment I shut down completely. He went from yeah. he went from well-educated college graduate to a raisin on a leash. Pretty much, and the raisin would beat me in a spelling bee. And and so I, so we, we, <laughs> yes, we yes. Just, I I beeline it for James Taylor because I'm like it's my husband's birthday. Da da da. So he takes a bunch of pictures with some older women and says thank you and then the security guards step in and and I'm like come on Will let's get your picture really quick and he's like uh no 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 yeah I fell apart and I'm like so I grab him by the throat and jerk him to James Taylor I'm like I'm so sorry Mr. Taylor I know that you have a concert to get to but it is my <laughs> husband's birthday he's been listening to you since 1979 yep. can you please have a picture and he stops everything he's doing and we pass our phone to the security guard that initially said no yeah, more go pictures. Up that way, yeah. Well, no more pictures. And James Taylor takes a picture with Will. And at this point, I say, Thank you so much, Mr. Taylor. It's it's his birthday. And James Taylor turns to Will and says, Happy birthday, sir. And Will just goes, It's my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I <laughs> could muster. And then walks off. Oh, just man. Yeah. yeah. So, so the I think there is an important sort of, you know, prescript to all this. And that's the fact that my my love for James Taylor goes back before I knew it. As I got older and started listening to his records, I knew the songs. And people were like, oh, do you know this one? I'm like, no, I don't. What I actually learned was that when I was a baby, my mother would sing me James Taylor songs so I would go to sleep. Now, oh, now the postscript, you always, you, 
Oh yeah. Yep, from the, the beginning. The postscript to this is that he has always been this massive James Taylor fan. And he's like, I love James Taylor unapologetically. And he was like, you know, he, he always felt a little bit nervous about what he did with James Taylor. Then, then later on, I am a huge Garth Brooks fan. <laughs> and so we saw Garth Brooks in that intimate, like, uh, setting of the like Steve, maybe the, 200 people. Yeah, yeah. Maybe 200 people in the Wynn hotel. And we were in like the second, uh, the, the second <clears throat> row Mm-hmm. And he talked about how he was supposed to do a duet of Sweet Baby James with James Taylor. And so James started, you know, started the song and then Garth just sat there. He froze. And yeah. he froze. And he said, you want me to start again? And it, Garth didn't say anything. And so he starts again. And again, he misses his cue. <laughs> and he was like, do you not know the song Sweet Baby James? And Garth goes, no, 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 no. I just wanted you to sing it. <laughs> and he was like, I, he so he was like freaking out and he froze. And so when he was telling this story, Will just turns to me and goes, see if Garth Brooks gets nervous around James Taylor, I'm yeah, allowed to get nervous. I'm absolute. I was vindicated Amen. that day. There you Amen. go. Yeah. Garth That's Brooks great. placed at like 50, 60,000 people. Something, you know. so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I do not. Yeah, so yeah. I think I'm and, allowed to freeze. Yeah. So yeah. they have way, way more and better ones, that stories than I do, because th- this is going to come as a shock, y'all. There are not a ton of celebrities that make their way through um, Chester, South Carolina, where I work, or Union, South Carolina, where I live. Now, now, now your daddy got drunk with Percy Sledge. <laughs> my, my, no, my, no, my dad and uncle both got drunk with Clarence Carter. This oh, must be, sorry. And he, and he went to uh, – yeah, okay, so they uh, – my dad and uncle uh, – yeah, anybody who's listened – I'll say anybody who's listened to Rock and Roll Heaven knows that or, or has probably heard LD and I talk about the fact that until we were, until maybe I was about 13 years old or so, we were not aware that there was music made after about 1975, because that's all our mom listened to. She listened to oldies and Motown and stuff. Yeah, and my dad, and, okay, so my, 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 my dad and my uh, step, my dad and then my stepmother listened to a little bit of more modern music, but really my dad mainly listened to like old soul music like like my mom did. So that's mainly what I heard until I was about 13 or so. Well, mm-hmm. my dad and uncle were frequent, um, you know, frequently in the audience for um, R&B shows, like back in the day. And we're talking like back in the era of like segregated crowds and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would go to the Spartanburg Auditorium, which drew a lot of, of bigger R&B acts. And the way it worked there was, if the artist performing, and this is probably in the early 60s, the artist performing there was white, then then white folks got to sit in front of the stage and all of the members of the audience that were African-American had to sit up in the balcony. If it was a black artist, however, then the white folks had to sit in the balcony and, and the black audience actually got the good seats down front. So they watched Percy Sledge, James Brown, Wilson Pickett, um, Clarence Carter, all all of these all time greats at the Spartanburg Auditorium from the balcony. I yeah. don't know how they got backstage to drink wild turkey with Clarence Carter and his bass player, but that's what happened one night. Hey. They, they, got complete, they got completely hammered with Clarence Carter and his bass player on wild turkey. Oh jeez. Um, but so I haven't had nearly as many. Uh, my dad apparently also went to Otis Redding's funeral. Um, I, I don't. Oh, yeah, that, okay. as legend has it. Um, so now I've had a few. That, now I've interviewed lots of athletes. I've interviewed lots of politicians that, that people would know and stuff. But I haven't had a lot of, you know, actor and music interactions. 
other than Felicia Rashad walked in our office and purchased randomly a newspaper one day. <laughs> um, her, her, her mother lives about a mile from our office. Yeah. Um, I've, I have met Debbie Allen. She's like the nicest human being you can imagine. And her husband, Norm Nixon, who played for the Showtime Lakers with Magic and Kareem and James Worthy. Right. Um, From fame. But now I did, I have met, I, I don't know if, the, if y'all are familiar with him, Robert Earl Keane, several times. Mm-hmm. Um, Texas singer, songwriter, who, who's, fanta- who's fantastic, one of the best songwriters alive, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then I also, I, I did get on the tour bus somehow of, of Charlie Robinson. Again, another Texas singer-songwriter. He was previously married to Emily from the Dixie Chicks. Okay. So I went to see him at a, a, a little place called The Handlebar in Greenville, South Carolina, at RIP Handlebar. It was a great mid-sized venue that drew some really good – or I saw a lot of – a ton of great shows there. But I saw I go see Charlie there. And there, there was it, – it's – he was kind of a – had kind of a niche, a, a niche audience. It's probably – there's 200 people there maybe. And great – it was fantastic show or whatever. And so afterwards, he's signing – stuff for people out in the lobby and um a, a, a guy i knew who was there who knew some of the guys in the band and actually shot um the picture that's on the the cover of charlie's live album mm-hmm. uh said uh says hey hey buddy i um he said, let's uh i, I got us uh, uh i basically got, he basically he got us onto the tour bus so we go out back we we're sitting on the tour bus and we drank all of charlie robinson's beer <laughs> yeah. so so this yeah. is like Charlie. This Charlie finally gets on the bus, and um, there was his guitar player was a, um, a guy mm-hmm. named Kevin Carroll who went by El Diablo, and um, uh, Kim Deschamps who played Steel and stuff. And there was um, a young lady on the bus, and I don't think I have to say much more than that. And um, this guy named Fred and I literally drank all of their beer. Mm-hmm. So that's that's great. Until the bus has to roll out to go to their next stop, and Fred and I have to get off the bus, and we're both drunk. <laughs> so yeah. we then we then li- quite literally stumbled across an extremely busy highway to a waffle house, and 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 hammered down coffee and ate waffles and sausage patties and and like scattered, covered, smothered, chunk top, diced, peppered um, mm-hmm. hash browns until we were dry and could drive home. I mean, there was that one time I ate Carney Wilson's French fries. <laughs> yep. That was weird. Yeah, yeah. Did she, did she kick your ass over that? or? No, she gave them to me. She was oh, like... She gave them to you. That's cool. Yeah, she was like, she's like, oh, I hey, I, I know you guys have been driving all day. Do you want my fries? And I was like, okay, I could eat Carney Wilson's fries or I could not eat Carney Wilson's fries. And you now, could put them in a baggie and you could put them in a baggie and like hang them up in your room. You yeah, you but had. see, now it's now, now it's been through the body of two famous people. So, yeah. Well, she probably was one of these people who orders a whole thing of fries and eats two of them and gives the rest to her, you know, to her table mm. mate or whatever. Mm. I had a. Uh, yeah. I hate people like that. Like who? Do, who doesn't eat French fries for crying out loud? Well, people that are on keto diets, right? For instance, ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, they 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 just need to taste that like like get that little tiny tiny taste of like grease and salt exactly, exactly. yeah uh, the most so, famous person i've ever met this is a very quick story i met robert duvall and the extent of my conversation with him with, with him was it's nice to meet you mr duvall <laughs> that's the whole story 
<laughs> I mean, I, I had a celebrity encounter last week, which was weird. <laughs> yes, it was. All I wanted was some all I wanted was some cupcakes, and I ended up talking to Jay Leno, but I was working well, for Jay Leno. Okay, okay. I, I'm I'm actually gonna interject something here because I know we've been we've been rambling for like it got hours, it seems like at this point. And <laughs> and you pick and y'all may have something else to do. L D before we part company, must tell you her Dave Coverdale story because it's the best story ever. Oh, I'm interested in okay. this. I listened to a guy, the, the, the Get Your Rocks Off guy, I think that Cove is the cat's meow. You know, they think he's like, go ahead, LG. So I was, I was before I, I switched over to casting, I was working in a restaurant, which is now, the, the, the location that I was working at is closed, but it was on the Sunset Strip. And so we would get a lot of like people into the restaurant and I was the host. So, you know, we had Adam Pascal that came in and, and we would have Mickey Rourke and stuff like that. Like, and none of that ever really got to me uh, a lot. And then I had this guy walk in and he's like, you know, I do a terrible British accent. I mean, my brother will own up to it, but I do a terrible one as well. But it was like, uh, yes, hello. Can I please have a table for two? And I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. So I walk over, I, I, pick up two menus, walk them over, sit them down. And he kind of, he's just kind of sort of goes like, he knocks on the table. He doesn't like snap his fingers or anything. He knocks on the table. Excuse me, ma'am. I said, walked over and said, yes. He goes, do you have pancakes? I said, yes, we do. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Okay. Um, do you have blueberries? <laughs> yeah, we've got, we've got blueberries. He goes, okay, excellent. All right. Next step. Can you put the blueberries into the pancake? And I said, we absolutely can, sir. And he goes, very well, we shall stay. <laughs> and then I was like, cool. Well, who was it? Was and it then I walked off and I'm like, and, 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 I, I, walk off, I walk off and I'm like, and it was one of those things. It's just like a mime hitting a glass wall. I was just like, okay, oh, crap. That is David Coverdale. That is the dude from White Snake, get bigger I, than Crowd. <laughs> that, that, yeah. That's, that's, that's the dude that was married to Tony Katane and sang Still of the Night, Bigger Than Hell. Mm, yep. Right. So that. Yep. So that. That was my. That was my David Coverdale story. <laughs> that is pretty cool. What? And I, I mean, you'd be tempted to point at the menu and say, "Yeah, it's number three. <laughs> there's already in there. I thought you were going to go so into five easy pieces. Also, that, that's yeah. not. That's not actually like my favorite celebrity encounter. My personal favorite was spending three days with Gene Simmons oh, yeah. and Paul Stanley, and then oh. the first day. Uh, Gene Simmons uh, told dirty jokes and like stuck his finger in my mouth and uh, did some other weird stuff to me. And then the next day he was like, let's talk about diversifying the portfolio. Like he was like giving me tax advice. And like, so, so by day three, then he was just playing the, the triangle. So yes. I had a very weird three days with Gene Simmons. You can actually see it in the movie. Why him with James Franco and Brian Cranston. And yeah. it's uh, it was a Three days, but it was a lot of fun, and I have a fantastic Christmas picture and, with. Her. And and the fun, the really funny thing is that when she worked at that restaurant, she, she you know this was a place that celebrities would happen into from time to time. She called me once, all excited. She said, "Hey, TJ, what um, who's that race car driver? The one that's really famous?" I was like, "There's there's several of them. What's well, the really good looking one?" I said, and I so she said, "It's the really good looking one." I said. The only one that fits that criteria for me is Danica Patrick. So you're going to be, need to be more specific. It turns out that, like, it was Jeff Gordon, I think. Okay. Yeah. Was it Dale Jr. or was it uh, Jeff Gordon? No, yeah, I think I would, have, I would have remembered Dale Jr. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Gordon. And stuff like that. But. He's nice looking. 
but very controversial among hardcore NASCAR fans. You know, he was kind of a yeah. pretty boy or something of mm. the whole circuit. For, for sure. And yeah. and then I, I, for, I forgot one, and I'm not going to tell the whole story, but I was an, an intern at a TV station when I was in college. And um, what was his name? Buffalo Bob or Bill? Not the one from the Silence of the Lambs, the one that was on Howdy <laughs> Doody. Uh, Bill? Yeah. I think it was Bill. Buffalo Bob. Yeah. He, he, was, he, was a, he, he was like a celebrity um, guy that was playing at a – like a pro-am golf tournament and that's mm -hmm. who they gave us to do a promo that we were recording for this charity like pro-am golf tournament or whatever mm -hmm. and like there was one hole it was a par three but if you hit a hole in one you want like a baby grand piano which they had sitting in a sand trap oddly and so he walks up and up to the um into the sand trap and he, he messes around with the piano for a second and you can see him, his eyes are kind of looking up and he's kind of nodding his head and he goes okay i'm ready and he he did a thirty second one take thirty second promo on the nose with no script, mm. um, pro total total pro. pro. But but then he looks he looks at me and he says and feel free to edit this part if you want to. Mm. <laughs> he he basically he told me a dirty joke. Uh -huh. okay. <laughs> he goes he goes hey kid, what did uh, one lesbian frog say to the other one? I said and I'm horrified at this point <laughs> that Why? he's even talking to me, much less that he's he's asking me this. I said. I don't know. He said, "Tastes like chicken," <laughs> and walked off. Yeah, that one never fails to hit the mark. Yeah, the taste tastes like, like chicken. chicken. <laughs> and he well, and died and died not and died not long after that. Actually, if I remember oh, correctly, womp womp. Yeah, right. That's. Uh, but I, I was I was but I, I couldn't believe what a what a what a provo that he did. And I mean, like TJ, TJ, let let them talk. It's their podcast. Oh no! no, no I'm I've had a few I've, I've had a few beverages. I, 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 I apologize. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Our show is your show. How about that? My uh, my most, I guess, fascinating quote unquote celebrity, a local celebrity who did late night movie hosting. He was very famous for this. He was also very famous for being drunk. Um, <laughs> I was walking down the rows at a concert, trying to find my mom to get back to my seat. I was at, at a concert with my mother. And he was coming up signing autographs, and we literally body slammed each other. Oh, and yeah. He was a very small man, and he went down. I was 14, so of course I ran like heck. Yeah. His name was Bob Shreves. <laughs> yes, Bob Shreves. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, Cincinnati he is. Legend. Right. Uh, he was a. Uh, he was a local Cincinnati celebrity, and he ended up doing these late night things, and he was always very drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Cincinnati Aww. legacy, uh, mm -hmm. music legacy here yeah. uh, is the the Cincinnati Gardens. We live about half a mile or less from where yeah. Cincinnati Gardens used to be. We That's live where... five less than five blocks from the gardens. People will if it's if there's overflow from this uh, venue back when we it, they actually tore it down recently because they couldn't get rid of the mold. Yeah, but, but uh, the Beatles, yeah. Elvis, mm -hmm. you know, the Doors. Anybody uh, you can anybody think of big, played the gardens. Played the gardens. Yeah. So that, they tore that down. Yeah. That was really sad, you know, when yeah. they tore that down. There's an Art Deco building yeah. reminiscent but of it like was, it was so Garden riddled with mold that they literally could not get it out. But And then the other thing is probably yeah. King Records. And we, uh -huh. we live probably a mile from where King Records was. And that's where mm -hmm. James Brown recorded, uh, you know, a, a, Papa's got a brand new bag, I guess, or uh, Man's World. One of his, one of his more famous songs. Uh, a lot of Motown artists yeah. recorded at King Records. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so music is part of uh, the history here in Cincinnati for sure. And I really, I really like uh, Moreline beer, by the way. Moreline beer, yeah. Mm-hmm. Budapole. There's quite a few brands of beer from here. Yeah. Never, I, think, I had one one time. It was uh, called Over the Rhine, I think, Moreline. Yeah. yeah. Over the Rhine is I, that a, actually, a re- I really dug, yeah. yeah. And there is a brewery down there. There's, we've, we've had a resurgence of local breweries, a major resurgence. But we were, um, well, microbreweries we, I think that the so. first a beer brewery in the country might have been here. Yeah. German immigrants yeah. or the first German beer, maybe something. There's something we were the first involving beer, well, possibly the first to drink the most beer. Well, you know what? I guess <laughs> a lot of good. Yeah. A lot of time today, mm-hmm. especially after they've yes. already cut their own podcast earlier. So okay. really appreciate it. I think yeah. I'm going to close it out mm-hmm. by just talking about what's up next. Each individually, which um, heavy hitter are you looking forward to doing next? We'll start with uh, Will the Thrill. All right. Well, to uh, expand on what I said earlier, Jim Croce is my next subject and one I have been longing to cover. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Well, bring bring your hankies because uh, it is a sad story. And the more I look into it, the sadder it gets. And it's going to be really touching. Yeah, I can't listen to Time in a Bottle without a little bit of, you know. Oh. Verklempt. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's his music, his legacy, and then I'm following that one up with uh, Lane Staley from Alice in Chains. Oh, another good one. Another good one. Absolutely, yeah. Both, both ones I'm really looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, right. El- Sorry. Uh, oh, he was saying, who who's next for you? Yeah. You oh, I'm uh, my my next series is a uh, please don't envy me at all. Is <laughs> actually Michael Jackson. Ah, no. Uh, I've already, I've yeah. already got six or seven books. <laughs> I've got fourteen different documentaries. We've got his stuff with, uh, you know, the Jackson Five stuff later on in his life, his solo career, things that he did with his sister, and and all the different subsequent shows and tours. And I mean, it's not, it's it's going to be a beast. And mm-hmm. so where Dusty, I thought was going to suffer because I didn't have that much to go on when it came to research. There's so much here, so I'm I'm not totally looking forward to that. Plus, he's a very controversial figure, mm. um, so I have to kind of take politics out of that because we don't we don't do politics on the show. Mm. And uh, after that, I will be doing someone who people might not even consider a singer, but she was good enough to get the role of Sugar Cane, <laughs> and that is Marilyn Monroe. Another big one. Oh. Yeah, I think that um, there was a point where she wanted a singing career. I thought. Yeah, I and that effect. And, and so I should point out something because I noticed in the email that you guys were actually very excited about another artist that we were covering. But unfortunately, we have what is called the Audible. And so if if someone passes away and you want to replace them, we gave each of the creators the ability to call one Audible, which meant that they could swap out an artist with a different artist. And my brother did that for... Eddie Van Halen. So he actually chose to get rid of Elvis Presley for this go round to do Eddie Van Halen, which 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 was painful because I I was so happy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just saying I was so I was so looking forward to doing one on Elvis because that's mm-hmm. somebody that LD and I I mean literally grew up listening to from the time we were tiny little kids until you know whenever until. Like li- my wife went to an estate sale last night, and I instructed her to purchase some Elvis albums that she said were there. <laughs> that's that's how it went. 
that's well, how it I'll, goes. And, um, I'll go ahead and, and part my uh, stories about Elvis that I know of. I'll just email that to you the, for consideration. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. oh we'll, for, yes, please we'll do. Definitely sure. use that. I will definitely use that. Because, yeah. I mean, we have to do one on Elvis eventually. Yeah. So, I mean, that's definitely going to. But right. we did a draft to pick our heavy hitters. Oh, wow. Uh, Elvis. Now, only one, it was only one date, right? Or no, was it no. Two? Okay. Yeah. okay. So okay. real quick, um, Penny Banner was a wrestler. a wrestler back in the 50s and early 60s. And Elvis was a wrestling fan. And he would, every town he'd go to, I guess, he would like to have a, you know. A lady come over. Yeah, uh, a nice evening. <laughs> so he would cry. And they were all crossing paths, you know, because they were on, you know, Elvis was on tour doing his shows and these wrestling shows. And sometimes they'd meet up, you know, just mm -hmm. along the road. And sometimes they just had dinner or something like that. But uh, mm -hmm. at other times, you know, you know, they would uh, go back and have an evening together. And um, so I'll, I'll leave it at that because something happened in the room that's pretty funny and it's uh, a, <laughs> it's a uh, adult nature but um it's documented in penny's book because penny wrote an autobiography before she passed about mm -hmm. uh, 10 years ago oh, wow she recounts it and i'll uh i'll send you that passage from her book but you know it's got uh photo photographs to support it so yeah it's um not mm -hmm. anything racy from the hotel room but yeah. like news clippings actually of them together, yeah so hmm. oh wow yeah and the other one is we had a crazy uh uh, friend of the family who claimed to have had a relationship with him, but uh, that one I can't quite document. <laughs> I, I did. I did work with a guy previously uh, who was a bit older than me who had seen um, Elvis play. Uh, gosh, I think at the old the old Charlotte Coliseum, and mm -hmm. this was later in Elvis's career. I think not not way long before he died, but he was you know, his backing band. I think was like J.D. Sumner and the Stamps, and he mm -hmm. said that when. When J.D. Sumner hit the lowest low note on Way Down, he said literally his seat shook. Because <laughs> wow. if, you, if you've ever heard, just Google um, J.D. Sumner lowest note. He sang <laughs> the lowest note ever recorded, and it, it's almost gross sounding. It okay. sounds disgusting. <laughs> you said J.D. Um, and and, and uh, just real quick, my, I'm, we are currently, the, uh, by the time uh, your, your uh, listeners are able to hear this, Will have started a series. I'm taking the lead on on Tom Petty. Yeah. Oh, good. You mentioned that. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And, and then I finish up the year, I think, with Tammy Wynette. You and also you also have George Jones as well. So I don't know why you've they, you what would happen there like without George Jones, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that'll that'll be there'll be lots of George in the Tammy episode, I'm sure. So it's yeah. going to be. So we we really actually liked this draft concept uh, because. I, I don't know if you guys know about our lives, but, you know, my brother is the editor of the newspaper. I am a, a small business owner, but also I'm a casting producer. And so, uh, you know, I'm working from 6 a.m. to like 7, 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. And mm -hmm. so it's actually nice to have these guys, you know, Will himself, like he can he can work because he works, uh, you know, as one of the, the talent acquisition managers of one of his companies. And we don't have a ton of free time, <laughs> like at all. Like Will can come home at like seven thirty, eight o'clock at night sometimes. And so like we try to get all this stuff. So like doing the draft gives us an opportunity to take some breathing time because I have to edit the episodes and 
they do the research. We have to record it. We have to get it down. We got to get, you know, it's got to be up on by Wednesday at noon. And so it's like, you know, taking that, that draft approach where we do these heavy hitters that can put you off for four weeks where you can do your own research and get ahead. And so instead of having to crank out something that's kind of might be subpar, if we only did one episode or like, only hit the highlights this person that you might already know about and like what's the point of listening to something yeah, you already know about? yeah but yeah. all the more yeah. reason I appreciate you taking yeah. the time with us this week so why don't we uh, close it out by okay. just letting people know where they can you know your socials um where they can find <laughs> okay uh, so uh you can find us on twitter at rock and roll lt our instagram is rock and roll heaven lt our Facebook's Rock and Roll Heaven Pod. We're still not saying our website. And you can email us at rockandrollheavenlt at gmail.com. We wanted the old, our names come from like the old DJ names from like the 70s and 80s. So like it's TJ the DJ and he's now TJ too since he's the second TJ. He's right. the deuce. And then Will is Will the Thrill and I'm LD. And then that actually, yeah. I worked for a, a, I worked for a, a, a Chinese television company and so they would call me LD, and it stood for Little Dictator. Because <laughs> I would yell, I would, ye- I would know, yell at people because they were smoking. <laughs> yeah. Now we know a little more about you. I, I am <laughs> smoking myself. Well, the guy who does it, that thing at the beginning, that's really cool, too. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's actually a gentleman named Johnny Rock. He, mm-hmm. uh, he is a voiceover artist, actor from, he was originally from Louisiana. He now lives in Texas. And he just did that for me, like, without me asking. I just, I got a message from him on Facebook and he's like, hey, Lindley, heard you have a podcast. Here's your intro. And I'm like, thank okay. you. Wow, and then yeah. when we switched over, I was like, hey, I, I know that you did this when we when we did the, the switch over of hosts. I was like, hey, can you do this again? We'll pay you totally. And he was like, I don't want any payment. Just like tell people about my organization. I'm like, done. And then, you know, and so he, he did it twice and we're very grateful because I think it fits with the aesthetic because actually we will be covering DJs like Wolfman Jack in the future. And, uh, and little known fact, LD, LD was born in Louisiana where uh, that guy's from. Yep. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So what is his organization voice. again? I do not remember. We, uh, we, we, we mentioned it several times, but he's got projects coming up. So anytime like he has something... We totally want to talk about it because he was yeah. just so generous with his time to do that for us. So we're yeah. eternally grateful. He did such a good job. Yeah, for sure. It's great. Wolfman Jack's such an iconic sound. I guess yeah. not everybody know you know knows it uh, mm. right off the bat. Yeah. I think anyone. it's a I think it's a, a national known thing. Yeah. Um, I do have a question. The song Clarence Carter. Clarence Carter is that about Clarence Carter? Which. Carter? Yes, there's a song. Uh, it, they used to play it at a bar we used to go to. My parents. Are you talking Spoken? Oh, yes. Where they did that, where where the end it goes, Clarence Carter, Clarence Carter, yeah. Clarence Carter. I don't actually know if that's about him. It might be. It might, it might be. be. He had, he had, um, his, I, I think his big, um, really big hit was what, Slip Away? That was probably yeah. his biggest one. But then he had Stroken, and then he had one whose title I'm not going to say um, that came out later. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that my, yeah, him, my dad, wild turkey. Okay. Thing that happened. Ah. Cool. All right. Well, it's been a blast. Yep. And um, you're welcome back whenever you. And we 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 very sincerely appreciate the the invite, and I and and I'm not just sucking up as we're talking to you. I I had <laughs> endless fun listening to that the the first uh, episode of your podcast that I checked out. Um, Which one? 
uh, it was it, I, I re, i'm really it was you, you guys you you guys are like are absolutely on the on the right track with what you're doing you, you go, do a terrific job i mean it's really just us talking and asking questions that were you know things that actually just come up in our heads we're kind of all over the place we've done yeah. true crime we've done music now mm-hmm. we've books people want to read want us to read their books yeah. when they have come on and, and we're trying to get to those people but we had a young man named uh uh Servon Campbell who um he, one day out of the blue he gets contacted by uh um Hall? John Oates yeah John Oates, yeah, Paul Oates. yeah. Wow. I know he's yeah. like no this can't be real but it was real and they're going to do a uh is it yeah. They're doing a song. Yeah, together. they're doing a song on uh, oh, wow. like a concert song together on what's it called? I know what it. I don't remember right well, now. Well, it's on the current. Yeah. It's on the yeah. current episode. If you guys right. want to listen to that. But. Yeah, but it's one of there, my there was, really there nice. was an eighties. Uh, there was an eighties cover band I saw once called John Oates and the other guy from Wham. <laughs> <laughs> The, the thing that brings me the most joy that I know that's in existence is there is a phone number that you can call, and it's <laughs> called Callin' Oats. And at will, you can press a button and choose which song from Hollin' Oats that you'd like to hear. And that oh. just knowing that someone made this makes me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. Okay. Uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us on Yeah, Aha uh-huh again with Lisa. And Phil. And this week. Rock and Roll Heaven with LD, JT, and Will the Thrill. <laughs> I've been called I've been called worse. I promise I've been called worse. We're over we're over fifty. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's okay. Okay, Ready? we're Ready? over full down. Right down. Hey, listeners, it's Lisa and Phil from Yeah, Uh Uh-huh. How are we doing? We love feedback. Please use our socials to let us know what you think. We have social. Twitter. Yeah, Uh Uh-huh Pod. Instagram. Yeah, Uh Uh-huh Pod. Facebook. Yeah, Uh Uh-huh Pod. Notice Notice a pattern. pattern. Website. www.yeah-uh-huh.com. So let us know. Hit us back. Have a great week.